Hey, this is Caleb Clay, Associate Pastor of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta, Georgia. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We believe that it will minister to you and be a blessing to your life. Now get ready to receive a word from God. How many of you ever heard um, righteousness consciousness? The ability to stand in the presence of the Father without the sense of fear, guilt, shame, or condemnation as if sin never existed. How many of you done something as a child and before your parent even got to you, you just crouched down with fear? You knew what was coming and you were ashamed of what you did. Well, I hope you were. If you did something you weren't supposed to, that you were ashamed and you would even hide if need be. You know, if you knew what was coming, well, I knew not to run from my mom and daddy. That would even be worse. But you knew that what you did was wrong. Um, and that's what happens in our, in our life as a Christian. If, something, if we do something against the will of God and we sin, a lot of times we end up in a position where, like the prodigal son, where we don't feel at home anymore. We don't feel right in the presence of God. And we allow fear and condemnation and shame and guilt to, to keep us out of his presence. And righteousness is what you are, the nature of God. And holiness is your conduct. Let's go back to the beginning in Genesis where we've started several times in the past couple of months, past couple of weeks. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Have you ever said or heard somebody say, man, they look just like their mom, or they look just like their dad, or they act just like their daddy? Well, that's what we're supposed to do. We are created in the image of God. We are to look and act like our Father. Amen? Amen? Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I, I was telling Pastor Mark that I have um, misplaced my Bible. And when I say my Bible, I mean my Bible that I've written in for years. And um, so if y'all see a Bible around that's, that's red, it's the Kenneth Hagin book and it's... Uh, got Audrey on it, please bring it to me. <laughs> so I'm using a new Bible tonight, and um, I actually have my scriptures marked because the pages have hardly even been uh, used. But um, when I was reading this scripture in here, I was, it's um, a Kenneth Copeland study Bible, and I was noticing in the footnotes where it says, um, be fruitful and multiply, it says in Hebrew, the phrase be fruitful and multiply means to increase and have abundance in every way. The word replenish means to fill up, to perpetually renew, supply, and keep full. Adam had the life of God inside of him and the ability to fill this earth with God's goodness. And as a child of God today, that's what we have inside of us. We have the ability. We have the image of God. We have his nature. You know what your DNA is, right? The divine nature of the Almighty. 
That's who we are. That is our DNA today. We have the divine nature of the Almighty. I speak over my kids that, that they're going to act like their heavenly father. Not like me or not like their dad. They're going to act like their heavenly father. They have his nature. And they're going to conform to who he is. That's who they're going to be. That's who I'm going to be. That's who I'm going to conform to. I have the divine nature of the almighty inside of me. His blood runs through my veins. That's who I am. And that's who Adam was. He was created in the image of God. And he had the ability within him to fill the earth with God's presence. And that verse also says that he had dominion over the earth. And it was given by God to man. He had dominion. When he was placed on this earth, he was placed in an a, a, a earth with blessing and abundance. And he was given dominion. He had rule over every living creature on this earth. He had that rule. He had that dominion. In Genesis chapter 2, it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you will surely die. In other words, he's saying, Look, I've given you all of this, but one commandment. Keep this commandment and you'll live and not die. You will live and not die. We were not created to die. Our bodies were created to live. We were to live spiritually. We were to live naturally. We were not created to die. And so in order for him to to stay in life, to keep life and not die, there was a commandment. Verse 17, the word die is the Hebrew word muth. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Muth, muth, and is a plural word meaning two deaths. So a better translation might be, and in dying you will surely die. You know, Romans 6, 23 says the wages of sin is death. Well, we know that when Adam sinned, he didn't die, did he? Did he naturally die? He lived to be, what, 930 years, I think? So he didn't die physically. So what happened to him? In dying, he shall die. He died spiritually. So when he, when he broke the commandment, when he was disobedient, he died spiritually. And because of that spiritual death, then later his physical, his natural body was going to die. He began to die in the natural because of a spiritual death. So he experienced two deaths, first spiritual and then physical In Genesis um, chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God said you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit from the trees of the garden, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You will not eat of it, nor will you touch it, or else you will die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that on the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasing to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. How many of you know that a lot of sin looks desirable? She took of its fruit and ate, and she gave to her husband with her, and he ate. 
but there are circumstances, there are consequences, I'm sorry. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. This is just so like God. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Do you think the the creator of the universe, the God that created them, doesn't know where they are? No, I mean, he's offering this, this, um, he's reaching out to, to, to man. Where are you? He knew where they were. He said, I heard your voice in the garden and was afraid because I was naked, so I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from, and once again, do you think he didn't know that he ate from the tree? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? First of all, the first thing I want us to notice about this is Adam had dominion over the serpent. He had authority over this serpent, but he didn't use that authority. He allowed the serpent to come in and question the authority that he had, and he also Adam also began to question his creator. He he questioned the word that God gave him. We never, we should never question the word of God and what God's speaking to us. That's kind of like speaking on this tonight. You know, really, God? I mean, we've heard this how many times now? About our identity? But then, see, when I, when I was obedient, then I realized he was going in a little bit different direction. So we never question God. We might need to make sure that it is God speaking to us, but we never question him once we know it is him. And then third, the third thing I want us to notice about these scriptures is the guilty conscience that Adam had. Immediately, he had guilt and condemnation in the presence of his creator. The perfect relationship that he once had had now been contaminated and destroyed. He no longer felt secure in the presence of God. He no longer felt like he was allowed to be in the presence of God. Fear immediately came in. Guilt immediately came in. Shame and condemnation immediately came in. So all of a sudden now, what happened to him? He died spiritually. He was no longer perfect in the presence of the Father. I mean, I was reading this today and going over it. And, and just looking at all the scriptures after these, all the verses after this, all of the things, the curses that were going to um, take place and how the, the, the earth was no longer going to be a blessing to Adam and Eve, but now it was going to be a, a burden. It was going to be a curse. And it reminded me, you know, of what Pastor Mark was talking about, the prodigal son, um, his inheritance, because he received it and took it and squandered it at the wrong time, it became a burden to him. And now what was supposed to be a blessing from God was a burden and a curse to, Matt, to Adam. The, the earth was turning against him where it was supposed to be um, a, a, a garden of Eden. It was supposed to be a paradise. Now it was going to be a burden to him. And, and I just thought this. said, well, you know, when Adam sinned, literally all hell broke loose. And that's what happened. Because Adam gave his authority... The dominion that he had over this earth, he handed it over to Satan. And so now Satan has authority in this earth at this point. But God, amen? But God, God's got a plan. Genesis 3, um, 
and 21 said, The Lord God made garments of skins for both Adam and his wife and clothed them. Now let's fast forward over to John chapter 3. So right now we have a mess, don't we? John chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I mean, it's kind of cool to me how he really didn't even respond to Nicodemus with what Nicodemus was talking to him about he just came right out and said unless a man um, is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God Nicodemus said to him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born Jesus answered truly truly I say to you unless a man is born of water and of the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. In order to be born again, you must first be born and then you must die, right? So that goes back to Adam. When he sinned, he died spiritually and then he eventually died physically in the natural. So to be, to um, require to be born again, we have to be dead spiritually. In John uh, 3, starting in verse 16, Anybody know what that says? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. And I'll say it again, but God. God had a plan from the very beginning and in in all the tragedy that Adam got himself into, God already has a way out. He's providing a way out. Let's look over in um, Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was a darkness over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out. And uh, just if any of you don't know where we're at, Jesus is on the cross at this point. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Do any of you know what happened at that point? Jesus received sin on him, on his body, and in his spirit. By faith, he received sin. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice. He had never sinned. He had never done anything wrong. He had never committed um, uh, any sin in the sight of God. And by faith, while he was on the cross, he took sin upon him. And in return, by faith, we have to receive the sacrifice that he made for us. We have to receive him as our Lord and Savior just as he by faith received sin in his life because he had done nothing wrong 
to have sin on him and to be separated from the Father. So at that point, he took sin upon him on the cross and he was separated from the Father. He experienced spiritual death just like Adam did, just like we have. Jesus, who did nothing wrong, who came from the Father's throne, experienced spiritual death so that we can be born again, so that we can have life, so that we can have that, to be that righteous person, so that we could have the nature of God within us, that we can have the Father's DNA again. Now the perfect sacrifice has been made, and we have the ability to once again have a right relationship with the Father. Let's look over in Isaiah 53. I have read this before, but when I was reading it, preparing, I guess my, my focus, my vision began to change. My lens were corrected a little bit, and I just began to, tears just began to well up to know that Jesus did this for me, that he accomplished this for me. In Isaiah 53, beginning in verse, um, beginning in verse 4. Surely he has borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before its shears in silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was struck. His grave was assigned with the wicked yet with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. If he made himself as an offering for sin, he shall see his offspring, he shall prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the anguish of his soul and be satisfied By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify the many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Do you hear this? This is what Jesus has done for us. He has taken all that we have done. He took all of it. Do you know how much guilt you feel when you do something? The the um, how hard it is sometimes to walk in peace to have peace in your life, the chaos. You know, Pastor Ashley's been talking about being chaos dominators. But you know what it's like when your mind is just going 90 to nothing and you feel like you can't, can't get at peace and you can't figure anything out. Jesus took on every bit of that at one time. Every sickness and disease that we could ever imagine on this earth that anyone has ever had, he took all of that on him at one time. And at the same time, He was separated from the Father that he had always been with. Separated from the Father. You're talking about trust. 
Jesus had to have trust in the Father. The Holy Spirit really just began to deal with me that, with that a couple of years ago about the trust that Jesus had to have in the word that he read when he was here on earth. He had, I mean, he was, he was God and he was man, but as a man, he had to read the word and study it and find out and hear from the voice of God what the plan and purpose was while he was here on earth. And you talk about a trust. He had to trust the Father. He knew that he had to descend into hell. Talk about a trust. I'm going to have sickness and disease on me. I'm going to have every, um, Ill, uh, every evil thing imaginable to man. And I'm going to be separated from my father. But he had trust. He trusted the father. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. Thus he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Do you know who the many are? We are. He bore the sin of many. We are the many that he bore the sin for. We are the ones that, that he provided the ability for us to be righteous. We no longer have to stand in guilt. We no longer have to stand in um, humility. We no longer have to stand in fear. We have the right, because of the blood of Jesus, to stand before the presence of the Father, to come boldly into the presence of the Father when we need help. He says that we can come boldly and find grace to help in the time of need. We have that right. You see, our God is a just God. And he's not going to do it just because, well, he likes you or he likes me. No, he's going to give you, um, he's going to allow you to come into the kingdom of God because he is a just God and he will not go back on his word. He will not lie. You know, that, that hit me several years ago when I was asking for forgiveness for something. And I said, God, you have to forgive me. Your word says that you would. If you said that if I would repent, that you would forgive me. And you are a just God. And because you are a just God, I know that I'm forgiven. Not because I feel it. Not because, I mean, you know, when you ask for forgiveness, how many times do you ask for forgiveness sometimes? And how long do you walk around and, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. Instead of saying, you know what? The word of God says that I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. And Satan will no longer have dominion over me and I'll no longer ha allow him to have dominion on me, over me and tell me what's right and what's wrong. I'll not allow him to question my God. I'll not allow him to, allow, to cause me to question my Father. I have a right standing with the Father because of Jesus, because of the sacrifice that he made. I am righteous because of the blood of Jesus. Not because I did things right today. Or not because I didn't do things right today. But simply and only because of the blood of Jesus. Therefore every day I can get up and say. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. No sickness or disease is allowed in my body. And you need to speak these things. You need to speak them out. Speak the word over you. 
a few weeks, no, it's actually been a couple of months ago now, I decided to paint my living room, which has vaulted ceilings. And like an idiot, I got on a tall ladder and did a lot of stretching. And uh, the next day, I thought I had a kidney stone. I was in so much pain. I had pulled a muscle. But when I got to the hospital, I looked at Tommy, and I didn't say pray for me. I said, tell them I need something for pain now. And, you know, just that quick, we can go from, God, I trust you. I love you. I've got the healing in my body to give me something now. But, you know, that's okay. God works with us. Amen. Thank God for, for um, that he's given somebody the ability to know these things so that we can have help in the natural when we're not standing in faith. Whew, that was bad. Then I looked back and said, mm, I should have been a little bit more spiritual about that and, you know, tried to at least believe God for my healing and the pain to go away, but, mm. But, you know, when things like that happen, it's so easy to get in condemnation. But that's just the enemy again. He just does not want you to walk in the authority that you have. And he will use any tactic or anything that he can to keep you from walking in that. We are the righteousness of God. If you are born again, if you have believed in Jesus and received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are the righteousness of God in Christ just as much as the person sitting beside you. It is not by anything that we have done. And God does not look at one person as greater than any other. Now, you personally might know God a little bit better than somebody else, but that doesn't mean that you're greater in the kingdom. We're here because of the blood of Jesus and because of that only. Romans 3. In verse 22, this righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all and upon all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of Christ Jesus, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood for a demonstration of his righteousness because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins previously committed. Justified. In the American heritage, it says to be declared free of blame. Freely, without any cost. No cost to us. We have been justified by the blood of Jesus. We have been justified through Christ. Nothing that I did or could do can get me that justification, but I am justified through Christ. Flip on over to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. 
old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Um, For any of you that were here and and heard Jerry Ann the other night, she talked about how we all have a plan and purpose and we all have been called. It says it right there. We've all been given the ministry of reconciliation. We're all called to, to reconcile. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them, and has entrusted to us the message of reconciliation. So we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We are ambassadors for Christ. You are ambassador for Christ. You know, you've always wanted a title. You got one. Amen. And and we're not talking about a king on this earth. We're talking about God Almighty. We're talking about the creator of everything. And we are ambassadors for him. He's put his spirit inside of us. He talks to us whenever, at will, whenever he wants to. He talks to us continuously. If you don't hear him, tweak it a little bit. Get quiet. Spend time with him. Um, I was listening. Jerry Ann had asked me had I listened to um, her um, teaching from a few weeks ago. And I had not. So she sent me the podcast. And she was um, on that teaching. She was talking about being in the presence of God. Just being intimate with God, turning off the podcast and and being in the presence. And I told her, I said, well, I really enjoyed it. The only problem was about halfway through it, I felt like I needed to turn it off and go spend time with God. (laughs) I said, I almost didn't hear all of it. But that's what we need to do. If if you're not hearing the voice of God like you have at one time or, or like you think you should, you need to get quiet. You need to spend time with God. You know, as as a husband and wife, uh, there's times that that both of you are so busy, you're going in different directions, and it shows. It shows in your relationship. There's times that you just need to um, tell all your friends, you know, no, we're not going out with y'all tonight. We're, We're going out. We have a date. Turn the TV off. Find something to do together. Spend time together. And that's what we need to do with God. We need to spend time together with God alone. Not me and you and God, but me and God. Romans chapter 5. I'm sorry, I've already been there. Ephesians chapter 4. You know... um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, We are new creations. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And sometimes you look at yourself and you say, Well, what's all that baggage? What's all that baggage I'm carrying? If I'm a new creation, if I'm a new creature, then why am I having so much trouble? And I love what um, I heard an illustration by Mark Hankins several years ago. And I don't know if it was his... um, if it was his grandpa or Trina's, but they, he said that they called his, his grandpa Pop. 
and he said that he loved to, to um, hoard stuff. He just had his whole garage full of stuff. It was just, you couldn't even walk in there. It was so full of everything that, that he liked to, to keep. And he said, and Pop died. He said, well, where's Pop? Pop's gone. He's not here. He died. But yet you could open that garage and it was full of pop stuff. You know, and sometimes we need to recognize that that old man is dead. And we need to let go of some stuff that we had when we were that old man. That's not who we are. That doesn't belong to us anymore. That old man is gone. You're not two people. You are a new creation. Just let it go. Let go of it. Ephesians 4, I'm getting there. Verse 22. You know, at the beginning I said that righteousness is who you are, the nature of God, and holiness is your conduct. And if we are the righteousness of God in Christ, then we should act like we are. We should strive to act holy. Our lives should be a representation of God and who He is. We shouldn't live like the devil on, during the week and, and act like God on Sunday. We should conform our lives to who God says we are and to who he is. If we're going to show and, and um, fill this, this earth with God's goodness and have dominion over this earth like he gave us and like he created us to have and like he um, um, gave us in... Um, when Jesus died for us and we received him, we were born again. We have that dominion. We have that same authority now that Adam had in the beginning. So we need to take that authority. Ephesians 4 and verse 22. This is just um, some scriptures to help you if you're having problems living holy. That you put off the formal way of life in the old nature which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new nature, which was created according to God in righteousness and true holiness. And you know, there's several scriptures below that that, that just tell us that, that you put away lying, uh, speaking um, truthfully uh, with your neighbor. Live godly. Live a godly life. That's one way to keep from feeling guilty and, and condemned. That's what Satan wants you to do. He wants to talk you into doing something that he knows you shouldn't do, and then he's going to make you feel bad for doing it. I mean, that's just the way that works. It's what he did with Adam. Talked him into do, doing something, and then, you know, everybody's throwing blame on the other person. Amen? Anybody righteous in here? Amen? And you'll admit it? You're not ashamed to admit it. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. That's who you are. Say that. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I will walk holy. I will have dominion in this earth. Just as God has designed for me to. I will not allow Satan to have rule over me. Because Jesus has given me authority. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's message. If there is any message that you have missed or you just want to hear again, they are all available for free on iTunes. Just search Anchor Faith Church Valdosta 
and be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified once the new messages are available. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our church and what we have available for you and your family, or if you'd like to donate financially to the ministry, be sure to visit our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.